This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. Do you recall the moment you realised that Flo Rida was Flo Rida because he was from Florida? Uh, what? Fuck off. No way. <laughs> Are you joking? Tell me, how are you doing? And how's little Buddy? Ah, uh, Buddy's good. He loved meeting you. He hasn't stopped going on about it. Um, I wouldn't either. It just I'm constantly, excellent. like, when is Smithy coming back? <laughs> Thank you so much for my duck toy. Like, he he's like just obsessed duck? with you. He loves his duck. He's, he's plays with it all the time. Drives Sweet. me fucking mental. Thanks for that. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Quack, quack, quack. Thanks. Sorry. See, I'm the, I'm the friend that gets the animals or the kids the noisy toys because I can. I know you are. I, I can. can. Like, I already knew that about you. It's funny because I do the same actually to my nieces and they um they came round and my sister-in-law bought the noisiest, the most like toe-curling screechy toys you could imagine. She was like... She was like, that's payback for the drum kits <laughs> the like, silent phones. I was like, yeah, fair enough. So obviously our little man Bud has had his jabs now, which means you can take him out for walks and he can go in the outside. Yeah, he's honestly loving it. Like He's, he's so bouncy. You know like the phrase, he's like a dog I, with two dicks. I don't know the phrase. Like, oh, really? You've not heard that one? I use it all the time. Like, yeah, like, like Matt's really happy with someone. I'm like, oh, you're like a dog with two dicks. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's happy as Larry's. He's, he's loving walks. When I say walks, it's we mainly just go on sniffs he sniffs Aww. a little bit he walks a little bit he sniffs some more he sniffs some more but no I'm really enjoying him I, we, I sort of feel like we have like one good day and one bad day if I'm honest like obviously he's a puppy he's learning he's not like being naughty but like some days he's just hard work because like you're trying to get things done or trying to do a podcast and he's just like right now chewing something he shouldn't be so it's just like trying to be like good boy but not doing something naughty and like trying to do positive reinforcement but like on the whole I'm really enjoying having him it's just it is a lot harder than I thought it would be to be honest yeah I can imagine mate but you're doing a great job because he's obviously loving his life and I mean do we think we'll ever get him in the water with you on maybe like a little paddleboard situation that would be fun I am going to take him down to the lake actually at some point when he's a bit older obviously it's a bit bit cold as well maybe I'm a bit worried I'm very overprotective I've learned that about myself like earlier on today me and Matt took him to like there's a little um, puppy pen like in a park near us so it's like completely closed off so it's like really safe and we walk into it and some woman stopped and was like can I have a photo with your dog and I was like wow I love that like two years ago I'd have been like oh Laura can I have a selfie <laughs> with you and now now the dog I, I remember walking around uh, Labour on Lakes with you like when Bake Off was on and people be like oh my god oh, yeah. can I have a photo with you with Laura from Bake Off and now it's all about the dog now babes. it's all about body it did make me laugh anyway so she took his lead and I said to Matt when we left I thought it was a bit of an odd thing to do like she wanted a photo like her friend took a photo of her with the dog I was totally fine with it obviously like I'm not like being a bitch but when we walked off I said to Matt I was so ready for like her to like if she was gonna go off and take him I was like I, I said I don't run I don't run for shit I don't I wouldn't even run for a Chinese I would run for that dog like I swear to god like you if anyone came between me and Buddy I would cut them like the maternal oh. instinct in me is like if anything happened to him I would honestly I wouldn't be able to cope ridiculous oh mate oh he's so looked after and he's gonna be so happy so today we actually have two guests with us for the very first time they are both 
hilarious and they've got their own podcast called Finding the Funny which you definitely need to check out uh, they've also got a bit of a unique surname that some of you may recognise so a huge welcome to Ruth and Ange Corden how are you both doing? Yeah we're grand so much yeah. happier for being here like honestly I really thank you for having us on it's so kind of you you, you two are great and oh, honestly yeah. the love is mutual we have just kind of a little loving oh. so Ruth we know you by like 54,000 yeah. names We've got Rudy, we've got Patty, because I know Angie call her Patty, yeah, yeah. and there's obviously Ruth. Do you prefer anything? Can we call you anything? Honestly, I will answer to anything. So just call me, just call me what you want. <laughs> okay, I might go for Ruth you when, you, when Ange, you're behaving. Angie, because she absolutely loves it. Brilliant. Okay, it's Angie from now on. Just to be clear, I absolutely hate it. But because I hate it, that's now what I'm calling you Angie. Everybody now bloody calls me Angie. Gets right on my tits, that does. Angie. Even my daughter now. Um, Why do you hate it so much? You know, I mean, I don't even really like Ange, to be perfectly honest. I don't, you know, I'm Ange, right? But my actual name is Andrea, also shit. And now I've become Angie. Which is actually, I mean. I just don't have a good set of names. Oh, so shit. <laughs> so, hang on, hang on. The nickname you've... Hang on, can I just interject it? I will let you speak in a minute, Laura. I know this is your podcast. But oh, the nickname brilliant. you've given me is Patty. I mean, that is shit. Yeah. So that is shit. Literally shit. No, but it does... Where did... Why Patty? Please, what were you guys saying? So we don't know. Well, we do actually. I think this really came about because... Uh, <laughs> years ago that's one of our little things shut that in there um a couple of years ago we went on holiday to uh flow rider florida and um sorry you went to him we had a quick holiday with flow rider with flow rider that Flo Rida was Flo Rida because he was from Florida. Uh, what? Fuck off. What? Am I just Are you joking? Just, I didn't that's, know that. That's, that's why he's called Flo Rida. I didn't know no. it was because he, he was, was just from calling Florida. it that. Like, you know how we call like Primark the house of prime or Primani? That's what I, I thought it was just... Oh, no, man, he's man. actually from oh. Flo Rida. That's why he's called Flo he's Rida. He's a Florida man. Because he's from oh, Florida. No. <laughs> Oh my god! Right. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, going back to Patty. So we were on holiday in Florida <laughs> with Florida, and um, <laughs> Patty was getting a bit burnt, right, on her on her face. So she was getting cold so sores. She, I was getting cold sores. Oh, that's right, cold you know sores. She was getting cold sores on her lips, yeah, right? So she sores. goes, "We're at, we're at one of the you know many parks." She went off. Oh, so I'm going to try and find a hat so that I can protect my cold sores from the sun. Anyway, she came back with this bucket hat thing on. <laughs> Which was kind of a little bit of an older sort of style of hat as well, was it? Like the pattern yeah, it was, or something really. was like quite. Yeah. And literally, yeah. I looked at her and I went, uh, "You look like you should be called Patty." And then it that became <laughs> it became the Patty hat, Patty. and then in turn the became hat. Patty. So that's where it really Patty. comes from. Is is Patty on holiday looking like she should have been called Patty? 
in Flowrider. I, I don't know how we move on from that, but we, we must do. <laughs> we, we must. must. We <laughs> must. We must. I have a question. I actually have a question. Everyone who comes on the Go Love Yourself podcast, we ask this question and we're putting it to you on the spot. So our motto is the way that you look is the least interesting thing about you. So Ruth and Ange, what is the most interesting thing about you? <gasps> oh, okay. I've got mine. I've got mine. I think this is one of the most interesting things about me. My tonsils have grown back. <laughs> yeah. Was I was not expecting that, know, but right? okay. Uh, I'm are you boring. like a medical marvel? Because what the Apparently hell? Apparently so, according yeah. to my GP. Wow. Yeah. Well done you and your tonsils. Have they grown back full size, Pat? Yeah, pretty much. She had them removed at about, like you're about five, weren't you? You were really young. She had to have them removed because they were so big. I mean, literally, we would spend quite often a dinner time giving Patty the Heimlich <laughs> manoeuvre. But yeah, she used to choke on so much food that they were so big that they had to then remove them, Pats. Or are they are they smaller? Yeah, I mean, they're smaller than... I, I basically then got... I mean, this is actually a really boring story and this is the most interesting <laughs> thing about me. Fuck's sake, I'm screwed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> God, I went early doors. I was starting to talk then about a GP appointment I had about, you know, 15 odd years ago, thinking, God, this is really fucking boring. I'm actually screwed. Does anyone need to know that? Yeah. yeah I'm what? so into this. What? Why did I choose He's, to tell yeah, you that my tonsils... Oh, God, I've, I'm sorry. It guys. is interesting. You're a medical marvel. <laughs> it's not really interesting, is it? No, it's that? not. Is it? I reckon that's going to no. get edited you got, out. And you it's got gonna, Somebody's going to say... On the description, it's going to say, we asked Ruth what was interesting about her, but everything was fucking boring. <laughs> but it was shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, moving on. Ange, please save it. Please save us. <laughs> What's the most interesting thing about you? I think the most interesting thing about me is my ability to just make up random words and nicknames like that very is true, quickly actually. i will give people a nickname okay very go quickly. on then do us oh god go on <laughs> the pressure well you see for you lauren it would be the classic loza but that's okay, a bit boring, isn't it? yeah what's your surname but my surname is smith so uh, we'll get and i do we'll actually call her smithy and have done for years i do call her smithy or smudger so i do get smudger from some smudge? people because apparently that's, that's nice smudger. yeah I've yeah. never yeah. heard you called Smudger. Yeah, we do Smudger. I mean, Laura, so you're Laura Adlington. I mean, I would straight away, I'd just be going for Adders. Snape. <laughs> Fuck you, Ruth and Ange Corden. That's Go on another podcast. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Surely, no, no, Laura's nickname would be Freddie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the I'll amazing Freddie Mercury cake she made on I mean, I like to think that I saved the nation during peak pandemic period with my Freddie Kate, as did you the did. rest of the bakers with their atrocious cakes. Yeah, yeah they, like they were all Peter. bad, those ones. They were pretty I horrific. I did watch you on Bake Off as well. Was, did something else happen to you during that series? Oh, Lots. There was loads. <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> Wait, I want to call you Freddie now, Laura. Laura is boring, isn't it? Like, if I ever call Matt Matt, he's like, Ugh. who the fuck are you talking to? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because he's always like cumface or dickhead or bullbag <laughs> or meathead. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, very sort of endearing. I've it? actually got a question for Lauren, though. I've got a question for Lauren. Talk to me about this fine blonde-headed PT. What's going down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, honestly. <laughs> Basically, it's just the fact that I'm chatting to this dude. I'm single and I'm chatting to this dude. Yeah. The worst chat of all time. Like, I can't even tell him how many times I'm fine. All he asks me is, how's your day? How's your day? My day's fine! 
fine. Mm. My day is fine. And I met Laura's dog a couple of days ago. And then I told him about it. And I was like, I've just met my friend's puppy. And his reaction mm. was to go, you've got lovely puppies. Oh, <gasps> right. oh, oh, fucking hell. All right. The worstest of the worstest flat. But, and he's fine. He is sexy. And he's blonde and he's muscly. And I mean, if he's not giving you anything else, I mean, I would, my, my advice here, uh, Loza, would be, (laughs) I would say, have a quick shag, get that done and then move on. Because it would appear to me he's not really going to give you much else other than maybe, I I mean, the thing is though, maybe the sex will be shit. Do you know what I would say? Do you know what I would say, Loza? What he looks like is the least exciting thing about him. <laughs> because you base your whole career on podcasts and saying what you look like is the least interesting about yeah. you. And yet here you are with this dilemma going, but he's so fit. He's so fit. But he's so boring. Yeah. But this is it. So I have had a couple of people be like, Lola, you've got such double standards. I was like, yes, no, I know. This is the point. I am a smart, independent woman. Yeah, I turn to mush when they are f- sexy with sexy muscles. Right. So yeah, but that's, that's why, my that's dilemma. why I think you just go in, get what you want yeah, out of the situation, and then move literally, on. I mean, yeah. That's what I, I think you've got yeah. to do. Just be careful. Be careful. Pump and dump, Definitely. smash and dash, with consent and protection. I will do those things. Absolutely, <laughs> well yeah. Done. I mean, because yes. she is dry as the Sahara down there. Yes, I think it's, right. it's all closed up. Yes, it's, right. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to blow the cobwebs Same. away, but with, with a nice, with a nice <laughs> you know, PT. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> totally, I'm totally with you there. All good. All good. We're all yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Very, we, very dry. We're all married. Obviously, living Same. through you, Loza. Um, <laughs> so please make it good and tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah. Go and yeah, get please. your leg over for fact, all of us. For fuck's sake. <laughs> the pressure. The pressure. I can't. I can't perform in these circumstances. <laughs> I think maybe sort of let's video call while it's happening. Oh, oh God, okay. Wow. This is taking quite a turn. I'm not interested <laughs> yeah, in that. Just so I'm out, actually. Just so that we could feel part of the occasion. <laughs> Again, I'm going to say very quickly, thanks, but no, thanks, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out as well. Yeah, okay, like, you out. do How you, about, okay, like, Just you and me then, Loz. That's fine. Well, that's fine, babe. I'm in for it. Um, how about like a post-coital voice note just to be like, guys, it was made Yeah, yeah. great. And yeah, I'll take that. a post-coital I'll voice note. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. Best sentence of the day. So you two have obviously like a fucking a brilliant relationship, firecrackers. Have you always got on? Have you always been buddies? Yeah, although I think we should be incredibly clear that when Andrew and I fight, oh my God, we fight bad. <laughs> so we... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So we've just been on holiday together and let's say there was a, there was a showdown. Oh God, there was a showdown. <laughs> Shut up. So much so that our dad, like mid mid sort of Angela's us falling out, our dad, Mal, said, Okay, that's fine, that's fine. You two have a chat and sort it all out. All this I don't want all and all you coming to me after saying we've all said sorry and all that. Oh yeah, God, finding the fucking funny, yeah, that's right, and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody that hell! Right, yeah. it's gonna be bad if your dad's getting involved when you're adults. Like, yeah, crikey, crikey! <laughs> what I would say about Angie and I, though, is that we the thing that we do do really well, which is why when we do fight, it is explosive. Is we know the exact things mm. to say and do 
to oh, wind yes. each other up like in the way that only siblings do oh. you know Andrew and I can be out together and we can look at each other and just crap <laughs> like we know what the other's <laughs> thinking and we both just crap and we walk away like we checked into a hotel the other day yeah. and the receptionist was called Angie <laughs> <laughs> and we caught each other's eye and as we walked <laughs> off we both went Did you see yeah her name was Angie and we were just cracking up so like there's such a like closeness and I suppose you know there's seven years between Angie and I so that like sibling rivalry our brother is in the middle so that sibling rivalry didn't really happen for us you know when I was seven Angie was 14 mm. we were doing very different things you yeah, know because I think because me and my brother are like there's only like 18 months to two years between us yeah and so growing up I always called him golden boy <laughs> growing up because he could do no wrong right and like he was always really like into sports and like really fit and healthy <laughs> and I just basically ate a lot and um so like I think I think that our hobbies were very different <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah he was like really popular and always had girlfriends and I was just like the reject that no one wanted to kiss at the school oh, disco I so we didn't really get on no. I remember I genuinely I remember I think it was I don't know if it was my first or second school disco right and I went to town uh, back in the day where I could actually buy clothes on the high street yeah. I was only about 12 to be fair and I remember buying from New Look in Grey's End a like mermaid blue boob tube like dress with a massive split and I had a belly at like, at like age 11 12 and I remember before the school disco my brother said to me oh last spoke to my mates right and they basically said doesn't matter what you look like that one of them will get off of you and I was like, okay brilliant cool. brilliant okay cool Great. and then honestly like this is gonna crush you it crushed me so we went oh. to the disco and then my brother came back to me and was like yeah all of them saw you and they were like nah <gasps> No, oh fucking boys. Oh. Boys are Talk the worst. Talk about a memory. Cheers, brother. Cheers, yes. um, anyway, so we we're closer now. Now that he's had kids, like I, I'm making him out like he's a dick. He's not a dick at all. He's lovely. I love my brother. But obviously, when you're kids and you're teenagers, kids, everyone's oh. a dick. Yeah, yeah. Sure. everyone's a dick. Yeah. But yeah. I wish I had a sister. Sorry, Ricky. That's, I love you. That's fine. We'll take you as our sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fine. Laura, Laura, Laura. Snake. Laura. Snake. Slytherin. Python. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> Wait, are we calling Laura Slytherin? I'm so into this. Wait, Laura, do you like Harry Potter? <laughs> no. no. I don't like Harry Potter either, Laura. What? Me and Lauren also, also debate about Friends because I think Friends is shit and she so thinks it's the best TV show ever. So do I. Oh Friends God. is shit as well. Ange. Right, me and you need to go for drinks. That's it then. I'm stealing Ruth because I'm assuming you like yeah. Friends, babes. And we're, yeah, I okay, love that's Friends. Lauren, La- yeah. we can go for a drink. We'll go for a drink. Like, in fact, <laughs> yes. should we start a podcast, Lauren? Yes, yes, we should. <laughs> Fuck you, Laura. I'm off. See you later. <laughs> I think we should petition to be the new least women panelists. Oh, so I think yes. we need a shake up. Yes, we would absolutely be killed. We would be the brilliant. Women yeah. panel. We yeah, would we kill would. it. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't we? I mean, yeah. physically, we could crush them just by sitting yes. on them. Yes, we could. <laughs> That's fine. That's but, fine. Yeah. No, we, it would be entertaining yeah. TV. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. But this is all of our listeners. Email ITV. Sort us out, sort uh, yes. us out with, uh, <laughs> with our new jobs. <laughs> So going back to podcasts, so you guys actually set out finding the funny during lockdown. Is that right? Yeah, we did. We live about an hour away from each other. So it wasn't like we could kind of go and, you know, sit around each other's garden. So we ended up FaceTiming so much and we'd be FaceTiming for like ages. We'd be having like these random conversations, absolutely cracking each other up. I mean, no one else in our households would be laughing, but we would be. And then we were like, <laughs> <laughs> we were finding it extremely entertaining. And that was really why we, we sort of yeah. came up with this. Do you know what? 
we are finding this funny. The stuff we talk about, we find funny. And actually, would other people? And I think at that point in life, for so many people, it was trying to find those little little bits of joy, those little bits of yeah. laughter uh, mm. that, that were distracting from everything else that was going on. And that's that was really the reason we started. And I, I think if lockdown hadn't have happened, I don't think we'd have ever done it. And I hear so many people saying no, how they started a project in lockdown or they did something in lockdown that they would never have done had it not been for those that point in, in everyone's lives where the world stopped to a certain extent. I love the fact that we we don't shy away from like those kind of more serious things. We, we do kind of touch on things that we've either both experienced or uh, we know of other people that have been through things and, and we're very kind of open to really sort of talking about things that sometimes people don't really want to talk about or shy away from. And I think we, we're we very happy to do that as well. So, yeah, I, I just think we've loved doing it and we'll just we'll just continue going. It's time for a quick ad break to tell you about Skin and Me. If you're struggling to get started in the skincare world, then Skin and Me could be really good for you because they offer powerful, personalised skincare that really works. All you have to do is take an online consultation and share some selfies and they'll sort out the rest. So I've been using Skin and Me for probably about seven months now and I absolutely bloody love it. Like I really do use it every single day and I love the convenience of it because it comes every month in the post. I haven't got to worry about putting like 10 products on my face. It's literally just one thing. It's called like a daily doser. You twist it and when it clicks, you know, you've got the exact amount because I never know as well whether to use like people always used to say like pea-sized amounts but I'm like I have a very large face so I don't know like do <laughs> I use two peas <laughs> um but yeah I love the convenience of it and I think it, it genuinely works like I've really noticed a big difference in my complexion um I can't recommend it enough so if you'd like to try skin in me we've got a really good deal for you you can actually get your first month for just a £3.50 pharmacy fee with code love8 that's l-o-v-e and the number eight and you'll get your first month for £3.50 when it usually costs £24.99 so I know that you shouldn't like yuck somebody else's yum as in like kind of insult something because someone else might love it and you should just be a really nice person but there are a lot of um how do you say it nicely wankers that do podcasts and then a lot of them have penises just I don't know, it's, a coincidence. <laughs> it's not a coincidence i think that's the thing that everyone loves about you too is because you're so real and relatable and i think i don't know maybe if like just because the pandemic or not i just think that that's what we want and need right now and like you say i love that you aren't afraid to talk about the kind of the the shit stuff as well like reef i know that you've like kind of similar spirit experience from me like in that like years of like infertility and trying for a baby and stuff like that and like no one really talks about it I feel like because I I don't know about you but I certainly felt like a shame about it like I can't Mm. lose weight and I just felt like it was all my fault and I just felt like people looking at me like we obviously don't want it enough if you can't lose the weight for IVF and stuff like that and it was like without a doubt the hardest thing I like I've ever ever been through um but yeah tell us a bit if you're comfortable like tell us a bit about your sort of story with that yeah and i i think there is a more there's a bigger community now of people who talk about struggling to conceive but they end up with the baby at the end and that is Mm. not to like poo poo that amazing thing that has happened like that is incredible that's amazing but what lots of people don't talk about is the story that doesn't end in the packaged baby and the life that you have to create for yourself when you're childless at a certain age that you didn't ever think you would be and i think that was the thing for me that i 
I searched online when when Matthew and I, that's my husband, we, we've been trying to have a baby. I mean, I would say we've probably stopped now, but when do you ever really stop? Like, you know, if we yeah. were to get pregnant at any point, we would be over the moon. Like, mm. we did go through a stage where we absolutely stopped trying and like, I think I had to for my own like mental health. But I searched for a story online that was mine and I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find that story of like somebody in a, bigger body who was fat who was struggling to conceive who had been shamed by the nhs actually because of their size which you know fat phobia is massive in the nhs in my humble opinion and and i was just like okay i'm gobby enough and mouthy enough to share some of this story and i think the 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 place that i'm in now is i've actually started to talk about being child free rather than child less and that might sound like a really tiny change but it was massive for me because my pain of not being a mum will never go away but there's a freedom in living the life that I live now and I never thought that would come and I think um switching to talking about being child free was a really important change in dynamic for me and I think you know Matthew and I like we try and find the joy in in living without children whether that's we get to have a Sunday morning morning lay-in we get to spend our money on what we want to we don't have to worry about winter coats and school shoes and you know budgeting for babies and all that kind of stuff but for me it was like people talk about their story of going through IVF and getting the baby or struggling to conceive and then falling pregnant what isn't really talked about is not ending in a baby and there's so many women and men and couples out there where that isn't the reality it's been a very difficult slog but yeah I think I'm creating a life for myself now that isn't without difficult days but is much better than it was before yeah i think i think that's the same i I do think i remember before like the bake-off i remember thinking i don't really want to be here anymore because if i I was thinking if i can't be a mum then what am i supposed to do like i was born to be a mum like and i find it like and i used to find it irritating when people said that but i genuinely did think that um and it's very hard when people like people always say to me oh you're so maternal like you're you're meant to be a mum and then you just sort of like yeah kind of didn't happen for us but yeah it was a similar experience for us we just literally turned down at every hurdle so went you know waited for nine months I think to get an appointment and then they basically weighed us before we went to see the consultant and then they were like we can't do anything for you and I was like are you fucking kidding me I waited nine months for this so I made them do tests but they were like okay but just so you know we'll do the test this time as a one-off but if anything comes back then we can't do anything for you. Yeah. I also think the thing is for me, right, like allegedly from everywhere you read in the NHS, we're in this like obesity crisis. Like everybody's obese, yeah? But fat people can't have babies, but yet we're still populating the earth. It's like you can't have it always. You can't say there's this massive crisis around people's <laughs> weight. Oh, but if you're fat, we won't let you get pregnant because it's really risky. Well, loads of women up and down the country every single day full pregnant who are fat now yes i'm absolutely not saying that health isn't important but since when does a number that is calculated via your height determine your health like health and fat are different things like you know and and it's like this 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 instant assumption that i must be lazy i must not want to look after my health i must not want to do anything because i happen to be in a bigger body and you walk into consultants rooms i remember when we went for our nhs appointment we we sat down and we had like a conversation with the consultant he started off quite kind actually i thought i was all right and then he wrote down what all the options were and i said oh so you know there's different options and then at what point would you try ivf and he just like put a line he put like a cross massive cross with the ivf he went oh no you're you're too fat and too old to have ivf (laughs) 
bedside manner on it. Jesus Christ. And then he, get, like, he carries on, he carries on, and then he turns to Matthew, this is absolutely no joke, and says, well, you're not the problem. You've got super sperm. Oh, my fucking God. But yeah, and I, I cried, in that, and then he said, I need to weigh you. And I said, but you've told me I'm too fat. Why do you need to weigh me? You've already told me, mate. You've already... I was absolutely bawling my eyes out. He was like, I have to. And then he said, I think you should get a gastric band. I think that'll be the only way that you become a mum. Who the fuck is this guy? Oh, honestly, he was he was an arsehole. This nurse took me out of the room to weigh me, and I was really crying, and she was lovely. And she went back in, and she said, I'm not prepared to weigh her based on her emotional presentation. It's not fair. And she didn't. And ever since then... And and then, and this is what people don't know, you know, you can put on your records with your GP, I don't want to be weighed. I, like, I went to my GP and I, I, and I said, I never want you to weigh me again. Like, if you want to talk to me about my health, ask me what I eat, what I do, how I keep active. Do that. Don't put me on some scales and do a calculation and tell me that my height divided by something else means I'm unfit or unhealthy. Like, you know you want to hear something really funny about something very different when I went to the NHS about gallstones uh, gallstones, yeah yeah. of course we do and she the consultant I'm not even joking this is what the consultant said to me it's probably related to your weight of course it fucking is everything is I stubbed my toe (laughs) I stubbed my toe it's related to my weight I've got a sore throat it's because you're fat like anyway I I was she was talking to me she said you know we're not going to operate because going under anaesthetic even for keyhole is too risky with your BMI then in the next breath there was a beat she said have you considered a gastric band oh for fuck's sake mate <laughs> how are you going to do that keyhole well, surgery I'm, well I'm awake what are you going to do <laughs> hang on a second hang on hang on oh, are you going to give me a sleeve while I'm sat there fully awake no and I, and I said and she pushed the leaflet across the desk and I pushed it back to her and I said do you understand what you've just said she looked at me I said I'm f- I'm too fat mm-hmm. to have my gallstone removed, <laughs> but because I don't tick the health box on your criteria, and the NHS is all about getting fat people to be thin. It's the pursuit of thinness, not the pursuit yep, of health. Not health. There's yes. your there's your leaflet back. I can't have that, can I? Because I'm too fat. Because <laughs> it's too dangerous. So forget it. Thanks for your time. She just stared at me. She just literally, and I think she thought, oh shit. It's a fat person with a with like a voice who isn't going to let me bully her. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, because you, you know. can't be anything but fat and jolly, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be all like, yeah, bubbly, always bubbly. Yeah, you've got to be bubbly. bubbly yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so but that's actually <laughs> what she said to me. And it's like that sums up that it is the pursuit of thinness. It's about people being thin. It's not about people being healthy. That is the thing. It's. I think from the messages that I get from, I mean, my 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 experience with that consultant is also like yours or a, a good number of year, years old. But the messages that I get from women on Instagram, are like I had this same with my consultant. I've been told if I lose, you know, look, I got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. I lost five stone and my PCOS got worse. Like really? Yeah, because you like you, it's like. A, Polycystic ovarian syndrome is so complicated. It's about insulin levels. It's about hormones. It's about, you Mm. know, if you deprive your body and I lost five stone very quickly, like... You know, I also have endometriosis and it's like, okay, well, you can't tell me that's because I'm fat because that's literally about my womb coming away from itself. Mm. Like, come on, hang on a second. But I think... You know, there are a couple of clinics now in the UK. IVI UK will work with women with a higher BMI. So they are one of the leading people in the UK. Obviously, that's private, um, but they are one of the leading clinics. But there are also lots of private clinics, even if you're paying for treatment, that will discount you based on your BMI. Like, even if people rock up with all the money in the world, it's like, well, no, we're not going to do it. Um, 
the the other thing to say is that if you go into Europe, it's very different. So IVF in Europe is much cheaper for for a start, but also okay. their regulations and rules around BMI are completely different. So places like Spain and Prague and who are, and Greece who have very 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 high success rates of successful IVF, um, they actually do it completely different to the way we do it over here to get very technical but um europe is very different their guidelines are very different and lots of people who are bigger go into europe and have success at getting pregnant yeah i have heard of that there's a, a great woman on instagram by the way if anyone wants to give her a follow called at your ivf abroad yeah she's and brilliant she offers ad- advice about that um it, it is something that i started to look into and then i was a bit like oh, i don't know if i can put myself through ivf but yeah, you saying about the private clinics, I remember having, I think, chat with a couple of them, which, by the way, you have to pay for, um, like 200 quid just to have a chat. All right, great. Yeah. I'm in the wrong job. Um, <laughs> she says, I'm doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> no money in podcasts, though, to be fair. There's no, no, no money, money in podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even they were saying to me that like, so I think the NHS threshold for IVF used to be 35. And then because of budget cuts, they reduce it to 30. And then privately, they kind of, I think it, some of it is case by case, but basically they want it to be between 35 and a maximum of 40, which, you know, like sounds high, but it's really not. Also, like you said, like Ruth, like some people are just bigger. Like I genuinely think like I've been fat since I was eight years old. Like tried every single diet you can possibly imagine. I have lost a bit of weight sometimes. I put it all back on. I think I'm just meant to be bigger. I'm not saying that I couldn't be healthier, but I also like, I go open water swimming I love vegetables. I love salad. I eat too much chocolate. I definitely do. And I definitely could move a bit more. But I don't consider myself that unhealthy. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I feel like they always really push for the like the surgery route as well. Like I was going to have a bypass or a sleeve. I had actually hadn't made my mind up. The one thing they were nice about is that they were like, you know, you can't do this on your own. Like you're not going to lose 14 stone overnight. So they pushed me and pushed me to go down the surgery route. But I realize that it doesn't fix like my head like it doesn't fix like as in like why I want to overeat and the emotional reasons why I overeat and I binge eat um but yeah I just don't I don't know like I I take my hat to people that have had the surgery because people some people say it's the easy option I really don't think that I think it's a huge decision like life-changing decision but I also do know a lot of people I know a lot of people that have done it and are really like happy with it and honestly I know a lot of people that have done it and are very poorly and also have put weight back on and it's not been good for them it's already a very emotive time and then and I think that's what brings the shame is it's like it's my body it's my fault you then start to get an even bigger hatred for your body all your life you've been told that you don't quite fit the aesthetic of society so you already feel shame about that and then you get into this thing where and I'm like looking at Matthew thinking god probably if you'd have married somebody else you might be a dad by now so then that becomes more shame inducing I start to hate my body even more I start to not be kind to myself even more and I I actually don't often think consultants know and GPs the damage that they do to people when they say stuff like that and somebody who is my size who is made to feel that emotional in a consultation is likely to go home and eat yes it's not rocket science guys like so true even I, and I did that I did that exact same thing I did I, I bent and binge and I do that when I go to the shopping centre and I can't find clothes but I did that when I was younger I remember honestly so clearly every Saturday I would go shopping for clothes couldn't find any so I'd spend all my pocket money on sweets crisp like shit food and go and binge and eat that and and so the sort of cycle as such like continued 
So in that chat, you sort of, you know, alluded to like your relationship with your body and, and trying to sort of come to terms with that as well. And I just sort of wondering, like your relationship, like both of you, your relationships with body confidence and or body neutrality, you know, living in bigger bodies and living in a very fat phobic world, like what your relationships are with your bodies, because you both seem incredibly confident, probably in the way that Laura and I are. And then we both have our demons in our heads as well. So I just wondered if you could tell us some more. I think I've always had a very... I've always felt like I should always be slimmer. And I think, you know, probably all kind of felt that, you know. But I think probably for me, I would say probably turning 40 was a bit of a shift for me. It was a bit of a turning point where I kind of went, do you know what? I don't need to try and be anything else for anyone else. Like, I just need to make sure I'm I'm looking after me. I'm looking after my my body in a healthy way. I I have definitely found my confidence in myself, my body, my head very much has has come hugely with age. And I also think for me, I've I'm so very aware of the fact that I have a daughter. She's a good reminder to me about how I talk about myself, about what I say about what I look like when I put clothes on, if it doesn't fit me or I don't like it or I'm really aware of the things I say that I talk about for myself, but then the impact that then has on her and what she's hearing. Confidence has only come with age. That that has definitely been my my thing. Amen, sister. My, mine is so much shorter than that. Mine is like, all my life I've had disordered eating. There's no doubt about it. And that, there's a stat, isn't there, that it's like only 6% of people with eating disorders are underweight. Like, you know, the, the fact that nobody would ever think that my eating is disordered because I'm fat. It is is ridiculous. If 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 you suffer with anorexia and bulimia, they are incredibly complex mental health conditions. But if I went into my GP and I was four stone, they'd say I had a mental health condition. I go in and I'm like that, and I'm lazy, and I just always make the wrong choices. You know, nobody nobody correlates that like mental health around food when you're when you're fat. And I and I've sort of got to the stage where. I don't dislike myself. I, I just sort of feel neutral about my body, I suppose, is what I've got to. I I don't love myself. I don't look in the mirror all the time and I'm like, I'm full of confidence. I don't hate my body. I can I can only do really what's right for me. And I, if I'm thinking about my relationship with food, that's my biggest thing. Why am I eating this? Like, what? why am I putting this into my body? Is this... Because if I was a drug user, I'd be going to drugs or alcohol now. If I was a smoker, mm. I'd be smoking a cigarette. Like, is this about some form of addiction that is making me put this in my body? Or is it because I want it? Mate, you have just blown my mind. Because I do that. My thing as well is, you know, I, I would eat when I'm feeling sad, happy, excited, horny, whatever I'm eating. But like why and you're right like if I had another addiction would I be going to that in that moment or is it because I'm actually hungry and I want something to eat oh my god (laughs) and that is why I think intuitive eating is so good that whole thing around intuitive eating like why am I picking this like am I going to McDonald's because I've just had a really shit day and if if I was a big drinker I'd be going home and downing a bottle of wine am I going to McDonald's for that or am I going because actually I fancy a burger. Now, if it's because I fancy a burger and I do it in moderation, go for it. But it's the why for me. That That's the relationship that I'm starting to have with my body and with food. Why am I eating this? Why do I want it? 
because I, I just don't, I just don't think my relationship with my body or my body confidence is anything to do with with my food choices anymore. It's all emotion for me. It's it's all around how I feel emotionally, what I've gone through, the day I've had, you know, how tired I am, how bothered I can be. It's it's all around that, and that is so complex, and that's what lots of people don't understand. That's it. I think exactly that. Like it's so nuanced. The reasons why people are I don't like the term overweight because like over what like anyway <laughs> and also like even things like hormones and like like chemical like I don't know enough about it but like I said I think some people are just pretty predispositioned to be bigger and then I think there are other things at play what isn't available on the NHS or anywhere as far as I can sort of tell is the emotional support of like you say the why so and I, I honestly feel like and again I wouldn't want to do it as like a business idea to make money off of right but how about this? How about instead of like Slimming World and Weight Watchers, again, I'm not not knocking anyone that doesn't, right? I'm, I'm not anti-dieter. I am anti-diet. That's just me personally, right? But what about instead of like kind of having food as sins and everyone going around the week going, have you been good or bad this week, Sharon? Why don't we have something where people can actually talk about like their emotions and what feelings come with overeating, how we feel afterwards, and then look at the why. I feel like that is where the NHS need to fund it, not obesity causes cancer you're all basically fat and lazy do something about it oh and by the way we're going to give you inferior treatment until you do let's start it and call and call it we are the real loose women <laughs> Yay! <laughs> i want to do Yay! it like like you know like on little little britain when it's like proper like just call it fat yeah. club like just call it what it is yeah i remember it's also it's always like isn't it you know they try to do the emotional stuff at those things and you know i understand that i'm really starting to slag them off now but oh well mate, <laughs> mate we did a whole episode on it it's all good <laughs> they try to do the emotional stuff at those things don't i and it's always like mm, the leader at the front who fucking hell i went to semi world once and the, the woman had lost two stone i was like <laughs> what <laughs> Firstly, no, you don't, Janet, with all due respect. You don't oh, understand that. Secondly, that. secondly, mm, yeah. but I think what you've got to think about, Lisa, is that if you hadn't <laughs> have broken your nail, you wouldn't have had the fry-up. So put a bit of extra strength nail polish on your nails and next week you won't have the fry-up. <laughs> anyway, who's next? It's like, oh my gosh. It's awful, isn't it? Oh, man, like, we've all got so know. many stories from the Fat Club days, I oh, tell you, honestly. I find a lot of it just really patronising, like you said, exactly, like, 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 why have you had a bird week? Oh, well, basically, like, I don't know, like, my husband had an affair or, like, my nan died, and they're like, oh. Well, wow. how much do you want to lose next week, then? Oh, next, well, yeah. Yeah, how much do you want to lose next week? Time for the raffle. We want some mouldy fruit. <laughs> Your nan died, Sophie. Your nan died. Well, you should have just picked a banana. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? And um, obviously you can tell me to like fuck off. But like, does it get really boring? Like when people just are like, tell me about James. And then like want stuff from you. Do you know what? In all honesty, right. Look, I'll I'll say this straight up. And I reckon Andrew will probably agree with this, right? I, I am acutely aware that what James does for a living is fascinating. I am so proud that so many people love Gavin and Stacey. Like, straight up, I'm so proud that my brother has 
has the like comedic intelligence to sit down with Ruth Jones and create something that even if he wasn't my brother, I know Ange and I would both absolutely love. So I don't think it gets boring. I think, you know, we, we are immensely proud of everything that James has achieved. I think I think what, what tends to happen is, is that what Ange and I have become very, very, very smart at is those people who only want to talk about James and those people who, who are like, oh, that's an interesting thing that your brother does. If I yeah. met David Beckham's sister or, you know, I'd be like, oh, right, cool, that's cool. Tell me about, like, when he first signed for Man United. Like, that's amazing. Like, what was his relationship with Fergie like? Like, there are things that would be fascinating by it. And I think all that happens is you become very, you very quickly gauge, oh, you are only interested in knowing about my brother. I'm not down for this. Uh, rather than, I really like you, I think you're cool. Oh, isn't it fascinating that your brother happens to be on TV? And I, for, for me, I'm so proud of, like, everything he's achieved. Like, Gavin and Stacey is a wonderful TV show. What a thing to have come out of, like, somebody that's part of our family. That's amazing. Like, that is amazing. Um, and, you know, we're really fortunate that we've got to do some brilliant things as a result of what James does and who he is. Like, you know, we flew on a private jet and I asked for boiled eggs. And what? <laughs> as you do <laughs> wait that should have been the most interesting thing about you young lady not oh, your bloody yeah, that yeah. that should have yeah. you so should have you really missed an opportunity there yeah we got this email before we flew and I, they were like you can have anything you want like Ange was like smoked salmon crudités you know Absolutely. can we have some champagne I said I'd really like some hard boiled eggs <laughs> Why? Why? I don't understand. Hey, what is shit? When you give out your Christmas presents on Christmas Day and James Corden's your brother, that is shit. <laughs> Honestly. I'm one year, kidding. right? There's one no year, one year. We go we go round giving out all our presents. Yeah, I bought Dad this really nice like jumper. I'd spent like, you know, 75, 80 quid or whatever. Dad's like, oh yeah, I really like it. James, here is a debit card with X amount of thousands of pounds on it for you to go travelling around the world. And you just go Oh, Thanks, mate. Oh, can't you like combine <laughs> presents? Like, yeah, we're going in together. Yeah, that's from all no, of us. James, your dad. James yeah, is like, no, I want to give mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of your dad, though, I was on TikTok the other day, and um, I've got to say this: a random TikTok appeared on my for you page of your dad playing saxophone what? on stage yeah. with Michael oh, Bublé, yeah. and I thought. Oh, right. He has a great relationship with Michael Bublé, doesn't he, Ange? It's quite sweet, actually, the relationship what the they fuck? have. Hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's so random. Honestly. Last question for you both. What would your advice be to anyone listening about how to sort of find the funny of finding light in the darkness? So I think mine is, like, even when things feel shit or are shit or I've had a really bad day, week, month, whatever, I'm a real believer in just looking for those kind of blessings that I do have in my life even if everything else feels absolutely awful mine would be comparison is the thief of joy so like the whole time that I'm stood looking over my my neighbor's fence at their grass going oh god I want to be over there I miss the joy that I've got in my own life and that that isn't like in a toxic positivity everything happens for a reason like just find the joy it's like in the really really deep painful dark times of my life I've wanted to live somebody else's but actually you get there and it's just grass and you're like actually this is no different you've got the same problems you've got the same difficulties you have to deal with the same stuff the same stuff annoys you 
and the joy that it steals when you compare what you've got with somebody else is just monumental whether that's dress size they've got a baby i haven't size of their house car they drive friends they've got it is the thief of joy and i think the extension of that is for me true joy has come out of like true lament and i think you know sitting with my pain and going i i'm never going to have a baby god that's really desperately painful i'm not going to sweep that under the carpet and go on to but isn't it amazing that i've got great nieces and nephews i'm going to actually sit with i'm never going to have a baby probably like i'm never going to be called mum that's a really deeply dark painful thing my joy for the life that i have now has been born out of being kind to myself getting to know myself understanding me and managing that grief in the best way that I can while I don't compare my life to somebody else's. That would be mine. Oh, honestly, you two are brilliant. Like, can we please all be best friends and actually... Yes, and you're going to come on our podcast. Yeah, we are. We're really excited to come on your podcast. Honestly, thank you so much. I think that has probably been my favourite podcast we've ever done. Oh! Thank you so much. Thanks. Oh, my God. That was the absolute best. I love them so much. They're so funny, weren't they? Like, we definitely, definitely need to go for a drink together or a cheeky Chinese because I, I honestly could have chatted with them for like six hours. Absolutely bloody brilliant pair of them. Same. And it just felt like hanging out with mates. And we hope that's how it sounded for all of our lovely listeners as well because that's definitely how it felt. So we really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Oh my God, we loved it. Um, we love you all so much. And we'll see you next Tuesday with a new episode. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hello, I'm La La La, let me explain. And this is, it's not you, it's them, but it might be you. I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas, and anything else you throw my way. Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.